You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And of course, I have with me another phenomenal guest, Stacey Wallace. Stacey Wallace is a leading expert in the field of business psychology, growth, hacking, and personal life mastery. With over 35 years of corporate and entrepreneurial success, her signature 1% method of micro-progress has led to nine-figure success and supporting hundreds of thousands of small business startups, whether on stage or online. Stacy uses her unique warrior story of miraculous physical and financial breakthrough to teach other business leaders how to turn setbacks into monumental comebacks. In 2021, Stacy and her husband, Larry, felt their corporate senior executive positions in telecom to become CEO and COO of the Fueled by Fire Mastery Program, an elite mastermind for CEOs through leaders and entrepreneurs building purpose-driven, highly profitable, and faith-based lives and businesses they love. On top of all of this, their passion for giving back has fueled their nonprofit organization, EM Women, which rescues and restores the lives of women and girls who have gone through some of life's most difficult challenges. This is an amazing interview, Purpose Chasers. I know you're going to enjoy this. So without further ado, let's welcome Stacy to the podcast. Stacy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Shantae. I'm so excited to be here. It's always great to be able to uh, be in the same room with greatness. So I'm excited about this. Thank you. We're excited to have you. Now, before we really dive deep, I want you to tell us a fun fact about you that is not in your bio. Ooh, that's a good one. I got a lot of fun facts. I am an avid fisher person. I deep sea fish, freshwater fish, going to Alaska here to do some salmon fishing in a couple months. So actually that most everybody knows me knows that I'm a big fisher person, athlete, former black belt in karate. So I happen to look like an older Barbie, a 53-year-old Barbie, but I slay like G.I. Joe. I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely love that. And wow, karate. So fun fact for you, my dad is actually a Kung Fu instructor. Nice. So when love I was growing up, he had my sister and I in Kung Fu and we we just couldn't stick it out. So I'm very proud of you because we would just cry and cry. <laughs> and I felt bad for him because I'm sure he wanted a son that would toughen out in the beginning before he had, he remarried. And there was my younger brother, Ty, but my sister and I would not give him a break. So That's <laughs> awesome. Well, my mom came to my black belt testing and because I had to fight five black belts in a round where they went two minute rounds and it was intense. And she was like, afterwards, she goes, I just, wanted to jump in there and rescue you. (laughs) 
So, uh, you know, I've, I've just had a little bit of a different bent. I went to school when I was a little girl with nunchucks <laughs> because I was skinny and scrawny and, but I was a little scrapper. So I had to defend myself with all the boys. I wasn't exactly a, a pretty little girl. Well, my mom thought I was pretty, but I was more of a chew the nails and fight little girl. And so, um, yeah, I grew up and it all worked out. It helped me in corporate America. <laughs> I absolutely, absolutely love that. Now, we heard in your bio that you are an expert in the field of business psychology, growth hacking, and personal life mastery. Tell us how you went down this, this career path to becoming an expert in these things. Well, I started actually when I was very young. So my dad was a pastor. My grandfather was a missionary and pastor who had a Bible college that raised up missionaries and sent them all over the world. So on my website, I, I say I'm 49% boss lady, but 51% missionary. So I've learned how to practice my trade and skill since I was about 16 years old. I've been in business. 18 years old, I was making a lot of money in network marketing, selling water filters. My first check was $8,976. And that gave me this taste for entrepreneurialism. So I had this side of me that was, I, my dream was to be like Mother Teresa of the 90s, which back then I was, I was born in 1969. So 88, I was 18 years old. And that year, I got to sing at the opening and closing ceremonies of the Olympics, work with some pretty amazing people. But the way doors started opening up for me was because I took chances. I entered contests. I, my dad would come to me and say, baby, there's this open door. And I would walk through doors most people would shy away from. And part of that was the little scrapper in me. I just figured, you know, if I'm going to get rejected, I want to get rejected doing something. I don't want to just say I missed out on life because I never tried. And so my dad always taught me from a really young age, even playing basketball, no matter what room you want to be in, no matter what court you want to play on. I was skinny. I was scrawny. I was, I was small. He said, you're just going to have to play harder than everyone else. You're going to have to play smarter than everyone else. And you're going to have to practice longer. And so I would practice, you know, if everybody would pack, practice basketball for an hour, I'd practice for two hours. If everybody would shoot, you know, 10 free throws, I would wait until I shot 10 in a row. And eventually I just got better and better at my skills. Well, when basketball kind of came to an end in high school, because I decided that I would start singing instead of playing basketball, I thought there was a longer career in it. There was no WNBA back then. Uh, so I took up singing and it just opened up great doors for me. I kept walking through big contests, big doors, taking chances. And I ended up going and, and winning a lot of awards. I, I ended up getting nominated for new female vocalist of the year in country music. And those doors, again, I had a lot of rejection. I was not really the prettiest girl, but my mom and dad wanted me to be more feminine. So they put me in John Casablanca's modeling school and I hated it at first. <laughs> and I'm, I'm leading up to how I became an expert in all these fields is because the, the psychology of business far outweighs the economics of business. Most people don't quit because they have a money issue. Most people quit because they have a psychology issue. They have a mindset issue. 
And so all the way back to when I was 16, 17 years old, I was auditioning for big musical theaters and movies and I got rejected and rejected and rejected. And it's kind of like in martial arts, you don't get good because you play easy competitors. You get good because you play competitors that are tougher, harder, and better than you because you learn their punches, you learn their slides, you learn their grapples. And so same thing in basketball. I didn't get great because I played with girls teams. I got great because I played on men's leagues with 52 men and myself, and I got pushed around and I got bruised, but it made me better. And so fast forward, I got started in business at 18, where it really became big. I became the youngest national marketing director of a billion dollar company. And I continued to press forward until life threw me a massive brick wall. I ended up when I was being nominated for the new female vocalist, I also fell in love with a rodeo cowboy and he was a championship rodeo cowboy. And I remember thinking, this is it. This is my Cinderella story. Everything's great for Stacy. And that ended up being in a very difficult season of my life, a broken season of abuse, of abandonment, of rejection. And I went through, he left me after seven months in our marriage and I was only 21 years old or 20, yeah, about 21 years old. And I remember that was the hardest season of my life. I went through suicidal depression, the voices inside my head that I was unworthy, unwanted, that I would never amount to anything, even though I had all these successes that they didn't matter because my life was now ruined. I was no longer a virgin. I was no longer pure. I was no longer, God did want to use me. How could he use me now? I've been rejected and abused. And in that season of my life, God ripped me out of that suicidal depression. I went to a a big event. And at that event, I learned about God in a way that I'd never understood before. I didn't understand him from the stories I grew up hearing in Bible school or Bible study or in my little Sunday school classes. I had to make a decision in my life. What am I going to live for? Am I going to live for the accolades of human beings? Am I going to live for the applause and be fueled by performance? Because I was a performer my whole life. On every stage, every court I played in, I played to win. But it drove me to this place that if I wasn't winning, I felt desperate. And so that constant drive for performance set me up for failure because there's no human being on the planet that ever goes through life without making a mistake or without feeling like they failed or or they had some losses. And really God used the losses of my life, the setbacks of my life to become ultimately the setup for an ultimate comeback where I could learn how to get inside of my own mindset, my own psychology, my own consciousness and say, you know what? It's messed up in there. If I'm just left to myself, I will outthink myself and I will cause myself to sabotage. But if I could somehow tap into what I call transcendence or the mind of Christ, I will be able to outwit, outplay and outlast any demonic voice that tries to come against me and keep me from my destiny. And so that led me into 35 years of scaling massive companies into the hundreds of millions building sales teams that have numbered into the hundreds of thousands, helping to transform the lives of people all over the globe and doing it with a resilient certainty that outweighs the uncertainty of not only the people around me, but the the voices that try to come against me. And truly that is part of life mastery. That's financial mastery. That's business mastery. And ultimately the psychology that you need to win in business and life. What an amazing testimony. And you said 
a few amazing things, but some something really stood out to me in the beginning when you were saying that you walk through doors most people would walk away from or shy away from. And I think that is such an important point to, to just start with, because I feel like as we grow in life, there are certain things that we may, you know, naturally we're afraid of, or we might be afraid of, you know, any embarrassment that it may lead to. And one of the things my mom has always taught me is that the worst thing that somebody could say to you is no. So you can try, but if they say no, then it's okay. You can keep going. And I, I think that helped me in doing things that 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 you said and walking through doors that most people will shy away from and thinking to myself, oh, I like to do that. Why? Because it sounds interesting. Not, not really because, or it's a challenge or I get to learn new things. And I think that's something that we should keep in mind because we never know what God has for us as we are walking through the open doors that he has set up. But the enemy will use those open doors, will use our natural tendency to shy away, to block us from a blessing or even a learning lesson, a, a growth lesson. So I want those who are listening to Stacy right now to keep that in mind. There are so many ways that you can grow and God can go, grow you through different seasons. And there's so many ways that God can even use your failure to propel you forward because there is a lesson in everything that we're learning. There's a lesson in everything that we're doing. You have to take the test, <laughs> as they say, from the testimony to, to shoot you forward. So Stacey, I think that that is just amazing how God used each level of your life to help you become experts in the different fields and allow you to do a lot of introspection, a lot of introspection, because at the end of the day, you did the work first so you can then go on and help other people, which is amazing. And the work never stops. You know, I think that's a really great statement. You know, it's like a lot of people look at you, you're making millions of dollars and you're traveling around the world and you've got this great marriage and these great kids. And it's like, okay, you've arrived. But the truth is we've never arrived and it's a constant optimization. Like we, one of our core values of our company, we have multiple companies, but our, our fuel by fire company is optimization, which means every day looking at that day and saying, what could I have done today? to have optimized by 1%. And so a lot of people know me because of the TED talk that I did called the 1% factor. The 1% factor is just this, every day, you don't have to eat the elephant in one bite. You don't have to be a superstar overnight. You don't have to change the world overnight. But what we are responsible for is to steward our time effectively so that every day we're just getting at least 1% micro progress. It's like the penny that doubles every single day over the course of a month and it becomes over 5 million. That's what a 1% growth happens every day. And it could be something as simple, okay, 1% growth in my finances could be, you know, today I opted to not get that Starbucks. And I just took that little bit of money and I put it aside and I decided my 1% this week is I'm going to begin to, instead of spend my money, I'm going to invest my money. So instead of just letting it go out and letting it bleed from me, I'm going to actually begin to invest my money. Something small um, on weight loss could be instead of watching that TV show tonight, I'm going to get up and go for a walk tonight. It's 1%. In marriage, it could be as simple as tonight, I'm just going to say, I love you one more time to my children and to my husband. 1%, it does not have to be something that's costly or big, but it does require progress. And that's something that going through all the years of practice and performance and purpose and planning and pruning 
it's coming back to 1% progress every single day. That is such a great way to look at that. Just a little every day makes the difference. It really does make such a big difference. And it's also easier bites for us to handle. So if we focus on that one micro thing, that one micro progression, we can definitely move forward. Now, you've covered so much already, Stacey, but I want to know, why was it important for you to help others do the same thing that you had done yourself? Mm-hmm. Well, that comes back to the missionary side, right? So I've spent a lot of my life attaining success. If you follow me on Facebook or uh, Instagram, or you Google me and you see my life. In fact, I just recently spoke to a PR firm that's wanting to do some work with me in, in certain areas. And they said, you have such a history of visibility of state, big stages, Olympic stages, and traveled and been on stage with five U.S. presidents. And I've just, again, I've taken big chances. I've taken big risks. I've received many no's. I've experienced incredible rejection, but it required, you you must have rejection in order to get acceptance. You've got to go through clarity before you get visibility. Most people, they don't have a money issue and they don't have a marketing issue. They have a visibility issue. And, And visibility means no one knows you're out there. Nobody knows who you are. And it's because you're probably not taking risks. I take big risks. Financially, we are investing into ads and marketing and that a lot of people say, I can't afford to do that. Well, there was a time when I couldn't afford to do it, but I took a risk instead of going on that vacation or instead of uh, leaning into what everybody else was doing, let's double down and let's take a moment and let's bet on ourselves. Let's invest in ourselves because the number one investment you will ever make will be in you incorporated. God has given you one name. God has given you one life. God God has given you one opportunity to steward the earth suit and the talents and the giftings that he's given you. And what you make of that is your gift back to him. And so in my lifetime, you know, you said something a minute ago about small little bite-sized pieces. I just literally today was watching a T.D. Jake's message. And he talked, he called it snackables. And I thought, you know what? I love that. How do you take the big ideas and turn them into snackables? Number one, not only that you can do, that's that 1% method, but also that other people can absorb and, and finding a way to take the brilliance that God has given you and give it out to others. And so you ask the question, why would you want to stop everything that you're doing and give it out to others? Well, we're not stopping. We're just diverting the energy away from, it's all about us. It's all about us. We want a bigger car. We want a bigger house. We want more, more, more. It's all about money into, it's all about legacy. And the only way to build legacy is not by making more money because it's even proven that the wealthiest people, when they share their money with their children, they normally squander it. And that's why you find a lot of billionaires who give away or seed their money instead of giving it to the kids, because that can also scar the kids. So how do you build legacy? The best way to reach thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people is not to become a thousandaire and find out how you can reach thousand. It's how do you find a few and they reach the thousands. So that's how you reach the millions and the billions. Raise up leaders who understand the principles that have enabled you to get where you are so that when they take it to the world, now you've got more voices than just your own sharing that same. It's really what Jesus did. Jesus didn't feed the 5,000. His disciples did. 
And so Jesus didn't reach the world. 12 guys took that message and they duplicated it over and over and over again. And so that's really a passion of ours today is God woke us up from our ego and our narcissism and our achievements and said, all right, it's time. While you're, this was my 50th birthday, right before my 50th birthday, not 2017. And so leading up on, on 2020, I, I was 50 years old. And so leading up to that, he had us give all of our money away. He said, I want you to give it all away. I want you to give it to the poor, feed the poor. I want you to focus on nonprofit. And I want you and your husband, Larry, I want you guys to learn what it is to be totally dependent on me, not dependent on your talent, not dependent upon your income production, not dependent upon your beast mode ability to go out and produce. I want you to learn how to trust in me. And Shantae, it was the hardest season of our life. We gave away everything we had. We ended up feeding 10,000 people at Christmas with a, a big, we were event coordinators of this very big event downtown in Dallas, feeding the homeless and working with other business owners and other organizations. Um, we went for two and a half years, not taking positions in the corporate marketplace, not building our businesses. In fact, walking away from them and not taking a single call unless it was nonprofit. In that season, we learned that God is the, has an economic system that far outweighs any amount of millions, hundreds of millions or billions that we could make on this planet. He has infinite resources. And so in that season, we learned that it is more blessed to give than to receive. I traveled for 12 years with a gentleman named Zig Ziglar, and he had a saying that said, you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. And that is not just a good saying. It is a proven philosophy that reaps the most bountiful harvest. And so I believe we just got smart enough to learn wisdom. And now that we know wisdom, we know that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Wow. What a revelation. You said that, you know, to build legacy, you have to just find a few raise them up as leaders and let them go out and, you know, reach the thousands and their, their thousands will reach the millions. And what a way to look at it. Cause you made a good point. Jesus didn't feed the 5,000. He, he blessed it. And then his disciples went out and did the feeding. So it's a really good way to look at it. And I think now now where we are just in the world, a lot of times we focus on trying to do a lot we, well, let's let me rephrase that. We focus on the quantity of what we're doing rather right. than the quality of what we're doing and who we are touching. And I believe that God has assigned different people to us at our area, as we say, in the vineyard, where those are the people that we are meant to touch. And those people have their own people that they are meant to touch. But it's so important for us to follow God and what he has for our lives. And it must have been hard. I, I, I can't imagine, um, you know, being at what you may have seen as the prime of your life mm -hmm. and God saying, all right, well, that's enough of that. <laughs> it's time for you to give all the money away. Tell us a little bit about how you and your husband were feeling when you received that word from the Lord, your initial feelings. Well, it was three o'clock in the morning. I got woken up. I thought I was writing a song. I've, I've recorded five CDs. And, um, you know, when you go to my website, it's pretty funny. I've got so much that God has done in my life. And so it, nothing surprises me really with God when he asks me to do wild things like 
you know, he's the Olympics or singing for the inaugural prayer breakfast, or, you know, I just, there's nothing I think I've, I've seen three people raised from the dead. So I, I have the gift of faith. And I think that's important for people to know that if you don't know your spiritual giftings, you really need to hone in and then ask God. The, the, the most important gift, ask for prophecy. But if you want more faith, ask God for faith, because faith allows you to take risks that other people walk away from. And so throughout my life, I have had this incredible passion for leaning into the things of God. And one of the, that morning at three o'clock in the morning, I heard, will you say yes? Would you sacrifice your life? Will you say yes? Would you have raised the knife? Will you say yes? Or will you turn and walk away? The whole thing was coming to me like with the song. And I was like, is it a song? And I just kept meditating on it. Finally, I realized I started thinking of the rich young ruler and he didn't say yes. In fact, he turned and walked away and went away sad because he had much wealth. Well, we had much wealth at that time. And so it didn't make sense. Why would God want us to give up our money? I mean, we use our money, we tithe, we use our money to advance the kingdom of God. And that morning I kept saying that, God, why would you ask this of us? Like we're some of the biggest tithers in our church and, and we use our money to advance your kingdom. And he, he whispered to me, say it again. I said, we use our money to advance your kingdom. Say it again. We use our money to advance your kingdom. He said, Stacy, doesn't that sound a little narcissistic? You think I need your money to advance my kingdom? I don't need your money. I want your yes. Will you say yes? Will you walk away from your job, from your title, from your career? Am I big enough to you? And what is your level of no? Like, at what point will you say no? So my, my husband gets up that morning and I share it with him. And I said, honey, I think God is asking me to walk away from my position at the company. And I was winning all kinds of awards. We were traveling around the world. And so he was in agreement because he's been a part of my dreams before where he knows when God gives me a very clear dream that we need to follow it because he always proves faithful. One, so I did that. I didn't answer any more calls. I started just going to my room, meditating, praying, working on our nonprofit, which is M Women. And we rescue and restore the lives of women and girls who've gone through horrible situations in their life. And one month later, he comes to me and he says, you're not going to believe this, but I had a dream myself. And I said, what was it? And he goes, I think I'm supposed to walk away too. So both of us within a month of each other felt God saying, walk away from it all, give it all away and trust me. And it was the hardest season of our lives because we got to a point where it was all gone. And, you know, you go from your kids going, hey, mom, I need to go to the store and you just flip them a credit card to, hey, mom, I need a new belt. And my response was, child, you got to get a job. You know, they're 14, 15 years old. And we just didn't, I said, unless God provides it, you're going to have to find a way to get it. And it taught my kids that yes, that was a tough season. They had to stand on their own two feet. They started working at Chick-fil-A and getting little jobs. My son was power washing uh, driveways, but today they are entrepreneurs. Today, they are resilient women, a, man, a young man and woman of God, 21 and 22 years old. They watched as God took us through that season, two and a half years to 2000, end of 2019, where it was tough. But now they saw in 2020, when on my birthday, December 8th, we had been trying for 18 months to sell our house. It wouldn't sell. It sold on my birthday and the person wanted it in uh, closing in 20 days. And so we didn't know where we were going to move. We didn't know. We didn't have a house to go to. We were like, what are we going to do? And so we went out and we got an RV 
at the last of the month of 2019. And we said, you know what? We've always wanted to travel with the family. So let's just get an RV and we'll go wherever God tells us to go. We don't have jobs. We're now just whatever you want us to do, God, every RV slot we go into, we're minister to people. And so we started doing that. And in March of 2020, COVID hit. The rest of the world was locked down. We didn't have money to lose. We didn't have, we weren't tied into the educational system because we were homeschooling our kids and traveling with our kids. We weren't impacted like everyone else because we were in the mountains, different streams, fishing and hiking and camping. God's leading of us to walk away was not to strip us. It was to prepare us. And because we were willing to say yes, in the stripping, we learned how to trust in him. We learned how to, how to allow him to provide for us. Even when it seemed like we were at the, our wits end financially, we would have the craziest miracles happen financially where Visa one time sent us a check for just the $32 more than what we needed that month. They sent us a refund because they overcharged us in interest. Crazy, crazy stories, month after month after month, how God always proves faithful to finish what he started in us. And so in 2020, he brought us out of that season, put us back into the marketplace, and he's anointed the work of our hands now, not to just build big companies, which we've done a lot of, but he said, this time I want you to build people. And I want you to build, this is where Fueled by Fire came from. I want you to help CEOs, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, coaches, podcasters. I want you to help them get their voice out. Jesus took 12 and helped 12 disciples, and they spread that message throughout the earth. I'm going to send you a few solid leaders. I want you to work with them. And I want to teach you to teach them what you know. And so God has blessed us in our coaching. We have a, a mastery, a mastermind, a platinum program where we have hundreds of CEOs and thought leaders and entrepreneurs that we work with and we help them scale seven, eight. We've got one company right now scaling through eight to nine figures. Um, and these are people who are high school dropouts, people who are just started with a vision, some who are uh, graduating through a season of life, uh, exiting out of corporate America into their final season. We have 22-year-olds and 23-year-olds that are operating in eight figures that came to us as high school dropouts. It's amazing when God is in it, God wants his people successful, but saying yes to God is not easy. It's not like these coaching programs that say sign up and we'll show you how to do it. It's sign up. Maybe they'll show you how to do it, but the price you'll pay to get there will always outweigh what seems in the early time, the benefit. But over time, the reward will always outweigh the cost. Wow. Wow. What, what a way God can can move. And you said you had the gift of faith. And that's something that I say all the time. So it just sweet in my ears to just hear another believer say that they have the gift of faith. But what I appreciate is not only that God told you and you woke up at three o'clock in the morning with the revelation, but he also gave your husband the same revelation so you could walk this road together. So there'd be no division between you. And I think that's amazing. But I, I want to ask you for anybody who's listening to you and feels that God has given them a word, but to them, it just sounds outrageous. It sounds like I could not possibly do that, God. What advice or tips do you have for them to put their fear behind and follow God anyway? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. You know, and we do this thing where 
because we're all about generosity. We are a very high ticket program. And so we know that not everybody's going to be able to, or they're not all going to think they can. I think everybody can, but to be able to, to play at the level that we play and help scale the kind of companies that we scale. So we always offer uh, every about eight weeks, every few months, we'll offer a free program where, where I go seven days or five days of just giving the highest level mastery, leadership development coaching, business development coaching online. And I do it with our family, with our team, our staff. My husband and I were always usually about six feet apart from each other. And uh, just really taking these principles and pouring them out free as much as possible. And in that time, we also, we do what we call a VIP room. And there's some people who say, I want to jump into the VIP room because I want some one-on-one coaching. And we had this gal, this last, uh, what we call challenge, this last challenge. She came into the VIP room and she was so emotional about her big dream. And she saw herself speaking to na- to nations and she saw herself being on stages and she saw herself and, and she was just saying, I know it sounds crazy that I just feel like I'm supposed to uh, move to the four corners of the earth and I'm supposed to be able to touch people and I believe people are going to be healed. And, and she was so emotional that, as she shared it. And I listened to her and there was a room of about a hundred people watching. And when she finished, I said, you know, as big as you think that sounds, it's really just the Bible. <laughs> Jesus said you would go into all the world and preach the good news. He said that you would lay hands on the sick and they would recover. He said that you would proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. Nothing you have said is really that big. It's just that you need to level up your faith and go, okay, of course God believes that of me. Of course God wants me to raise the dead. Of course God wants me to lay hands on the sick. So the question isn't God when, the question is God, what would you have of me? What's the next step I need to take? And usually I can ask that person, what is the last thing God asked you to do that you haven't done yet? And there's always something that he's asked you to say yes to, whether it's start that podcast or go feed the poor or reconcile with your husband or forgive that person who offended you. There's always a yes. And when you begin to stack yeses, What did God ask you to say yes to? Go say yes, and then ask for another one. Now, what would you have of me? In fact, the ritual that I teach every single morning, I encourage people to do this. It will be the number one game changer. A lot of people on podcasts have me at the final question they ask is, what is one word of advice you would give that you would say would be the biggest game changer? Well, this is what it would be. It wouldn't be uh, go sign up for my free course, although I think everybody should do that. It wouldn't be uh, go order my book, although I think they should do that. This one thing, and it's free every morning before your feet hit the floor, before you reach for your phone, before you open your eyes, before any chemical starts rushing through your body of adrenaline, lay in your bed still the minute you come out of REM, open your, before you open your eyes, just whisper, good morning, Holy Spirit, what would you have of me today? Mm. And if you will stop instead of thinking of all the things you've got to do or all the things you've scheduled or all the people you've got to walk, you know, talk to or all the kids you've got to get fed, just stop and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. What would you have of me today? And wait, like this morning, he gave me two faces, two names. And so today I texted him and said, hey, they were two businessmen. I just want you to know you were the first thing on most people know that's my ritual in the morning. I'm writing a book right now. Good morning, Holy Spirit. What would you have of me today? And 
most people know that that ritual has been the secret sauce behind Larry and I curing creativity, witty inventions, business ideas, being able to identify with the right people at the right time. Recently, I woke up and I said, baby, the it's crazy, but I feel like God wants you to go get a new truck. And he's like, what? I, I don't want a new truck. He has a 2017, very beautiful souped up F350. He loves it. He's a, he's a rancher. And I said, well, I don't know why God would say that, but I feel like he's saying, tell Larry, he can go get a new truck. And so he kind of put it off. And two weeks later, his seat heaters went out. And um, I said, well, maybe God really wants you to get a new truck. And he said, I said, why else would he say that in my good morning, Holy Spirit time? He goes, I don't know. I'll think about it. Well, two weeks later, we had a freeze and his radiator busted. And I said, baby, maybe God knows something about this truck that you don't know. Maybe it's about the tires or maybe it's to protect us. He said, okay. So he goes and gets the radiator fixed and the seat heater fixed. $1,200 later, I said, hey, I'm just saying, maybe you're supposed to pick out a brand new truck. One week later, after we got that truck fixed, we were at a big VIP day we were holding for one of our clients. And that morning in Dallas, Texas, Larry's truck got stolen. And it was no longer, would you like to have a truck? It was, oh my goodness, what are we going to do now? We don't have a truck. And so God, I don't believe believers can miss God if they continue to say, good morning, Holy Spirit, what would you have of me today? It wasn't, I'll tell you that the losing of the truck, and they did steal the truck, and they, they probably stripped it to a million pieces. But I asked him, I said, does this bother you? Did the, does losing that truck bother you? I know that truck, his name was Redemption or her name was Redemption. Does that bother you? He goes, you know what? I cried, but not because of the truck. He said, I teared up driving back to the hotel that day in the Uber. Or He said, thinking God is so close to us that five and a half weeks before this ever happened, he whispered into your spirit, tell Larry to go get a new truck, giving us the ability to know I got you. I'm even in this, even in this setback. And that's why I always say, when you have a setback, don't take a step back, but look for the setup for the comeback. God is always in the comeback story. And so if we begin to see that maybe the setback we're in right now is actually there to set us up to rethink something, to reboot something, maybe to get something new that was broken, maybe to get a new haircut, re-strategize, maybe even to reinvent your brand or reinvent your, your, your family. God is always in the comeback. And when we put our faith and trust in him, all things work together for good. Yes, they do. Yes, they surely do. And the the what you just said there, just wake up in the morning and, you know, good morning, Holy Spirit. What will you have of me today? That is just a phenomenal question to start your day. Mm -hmm. to you up with what you're actually supposed to do today. And I think that's beautiful. And I'm going to encourage all the purpose chasers who are listening to incorporate that into your morning. Spend time with God, spend time with the Holy Spirit, get to know, get to know his voice. So when he tells you things, when you, you get those feelings, when you, you know, you're, you become aware of certain things that you'll move and you'll act and you'll also say yes. You won't run away. Start saying yes to the little things and the big yeses will become easier and easier, easier and easier. Now, Stacey, why do you think it's important for entrepreneurs to run purpose-driven businesses? Well, we we really clarify purpose-driven in our company. You know, it's kind of a coin word that a lot of people use. But for us, you know, we we hear so many people searching for what is my purpose? I just trying to figure out what is my purpose. And I don't think there is even a question of what our purpose is. I, I, I think somebody might be saying, what is my role? 
you know, what am I supposed to do right now with my life? But our purpose is all the same. God created mankind to reflect him. And so Adam and Eve, they were created to reflect the glory of God. We as human beings, Jesus was created to reflect the glory of God. We have been created. Lucifer was created to reflect the glory of God. And unfortunately, his his rebellion, his narcissism, his self-interest is what got him cast out of heaven with one third of the angels. So the purpose of creation is to reflect the glory of God. So we never have to question, what is my purpose? Whatever you do, whether you are working as a greeter at Walmart, reflect the glory of God. Whether you are a mom doing homeschool, reflect the glory of God to your children. Whether you are a CEO of a billion dollar company, reflect the glory of God through that company. We are stewarding a life, an earth suit, and God wants us to reflect his glory through it. Now, the role that you play, well, now that's up to your talents and your abilities and your skill sets. So I might be a stay-at-home mom for 20 years. And all of a sudden, if I think that that is my purpose, when my kids fly the coop and I'm no longer mommy and they don't need me anymore, I feel empty. I cry because I'm like, what am I going to do now? What's my purpose? Well, my purpose didn't change. Just my role's changing. I'm still called to shine the glory of God. It's just maybe I'm not doing it over macaroni and cheese anymore. Maybe I'm not doing it while doing homeschool anymore. God will open up the next role, just like Ethan Hunt, Mission Possible, Impossible. God will open up the next role. So I have a book called Fueled by Fire, and it tells some of these stories. So fueled by fire is what it means to be fueled by the fire, the power of the Holy Spirit, saying, good morning, Holy Spirit, what would you have of me today? Being fueled with a passion to serve him at the highest level, not serve your agenda, not serve your ego, not serve your, your, your monetization system, but to serve God because he will always take care of providing for his people. And then number two is I have a book called Mission Possible, and it's about unleashing your full potential. And when you really, and, and I teach about purpose inside of that, when you know your purpose and God says, give up your money, you know, okay, my role at this company is done. But my purpose, he's going to have me shine my light and shine his glory somewhere else. He says, feed the poor. All right. I'm now going to become a worker of the streets, right? I'm going to serve God. I'm going to shine his light to the homeless, to the orphan, to the widow, to the broken. It does not mean my significance changes. It just means I'm stacking yeses. And when I stack yeses, I can give him my yes for corporate America. I can give him my yes for the homelessness. I can give him my yes for singing at the Olympics. And I can give him my yes when he says, Stacy, go to Walmart. There's going to be a lady on aisle 13. I want you to pray for her. And I go to Walmart and I'm waiting at aisle 13, waiting for the woman to show up, right? And I see a woman with a little girl and I have to take that risk and go, hey, this is going to sound crazy. I woke up today feeling like there would be a woman that would meet me at aisle 13 that I'm supposed to pray for. Can I pray for you? This is a true story. And she breaks down crying. She's got a little girl there. And she said, I'm a single mom. And we don't have any money to buy groceries. This is all we could buy. And I cannot believe. And I said, get your, get your groceries. I want to pay for your groceries. Let's go get you some groceries. Could that be God? Could God be that relevant on earth that he's looking for a few people who will just say yes to do something extraordinary? It requires faith. It requires being bold. It requires maybe having a little bit of black belt mozzie. But what I know is God is looking for the foolish of this world to confound the wise. I don't have a high school, a college education. I don't have some kind of fancy pedigree. I didn't come from rich parents. I just learned how to say yes. And if I can do it, I believe anyone that's listening here, you can do it as well.
Yes, you definitely can do it as well. Stacey, this has been such an amazing conversation, such an amazing interview. There are so many nuggets I personally took away. So I know the listeners, the Purpose Chasers will have taken away a lot. Stacey, before we go, can you please tell us how we can connect with you on social media? And for those listening saying, you know what? I think it's time. I think I, I, I want to I wanna work with Stacey. Tell us how we can work with you as well. You can go to stacywallace.com, S-T-A-C-I-W-A-L-L-A-C-E.com. And everything's on that website. But on social media, I'd encourage everybody to just hit me up on social media at Stacy Wallace, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. Um, I'm very engaged in social media. If you send me a DM, I'll connect with you. Uh, but stacywallace.com on there, you can put in your name and email and you'll get a free copy of the introduction and first chapter of my book. And it'll give you the insight of what it means to be fueled by fire. And uh, of course, if you're in my social media, you're going to learn all about the free resources and the TED Talk and all of that as well. Certainly, we'd love to get you engaged in some of the free classes that we've got. But you can send me a private message at stacywallace.com on any of the social channels or just go to stacywallace.com and put in your email. Thank you so much, Stacy Purpose Chasers. As you know, I will put everything Stacy just said, all the links for her website and her socials in the show notes. So definitely connect with Stacy and let her know that you heard her on the podcast. Stacy, thank you again. Thank you, Shantae, and have a beautiful, blessed day. All right, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe, and also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray Plan Slay Podcast, or you can follow me, your host Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire. 